The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The Atlanta Hawks get stung by the Charlotte Hornets for their first loss of the season. We'll help you get through it all right here, right now on the Hawks Beat Podcast. Let's go. Kevin Herter to get it in. Everyone standing at State Farm Arena. Herter looks. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds, one. Trey Slaughter. Rip his heart out, I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander, he's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston, I'm Jack Dempsey, there's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw, there's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious. I want your heart, I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. You are now listening to the Hawks Beat Podcast with your host. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to another edition of the Hawks Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Edub, taking you on another journey of Atlanta Hawks basketball. We had, um, I guess you could call it matinee basketball. It was a 5 p.m. tip as the Atlanta Hawks welcomed in the Charlotte Hornets. And uh, things did not go the way a lot of Hawks fans uh, would have liked. Things didn't go the way the Hawks would have liked. <laughs> it was a tough one, man. Uh, Hawks fall to the Hornets 126 to 109 in a game that saw the Hawks play maybe one and a half quarters of good basketball. Uh, I would give them that first quarter and maybe, I don't know, maybe five or six minutes in that fourth quarter. Everything else was all Charlotte. Um, yeah, you, you got to tip your cap to the Hornets, but we'll talk a little bit about that more in just a moment. Um, let me get rid of some of this housekeeping. For the regulars, they know what the drill is. For the newbies, I got to introduce, uh, I got to let them know what it is, right? So um, a big part of what we do is on social media. So please, please, please connect with us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Hawks Beat is how you get us. If you're on Facebook, just search the Hawks Beat. You'll find our page and click like there. Uh, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and uh, we're we getting around. We're getting around. So make sure you connect with us on our social media platforms. Also, we would love for you to connect with us on um, the podcast. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. How did I forget that one? Uh, yes, please subscribe to the pod. Um, that really helps us out and leave us a five-star rating. 
that helps us out even more. So if this is your first time listening, uh, stumbling onto the podcast, I appreciate you, appreciate you, appreciate you. And uh, we talk Atlanta Hawks basketball here, man. We get down with the get down and uh, we get rolling with the rolling. So um, on nights like this, I will tell you, I try to be the voice of reason. I try to be the voice of perspective. Um, I'm able to look at things without the emotional haze at times. And I kind of, uh, you know, I, I kind of try to come from that angle. I try to come from that angle. Um, I do have a bias for the Hawks, but I'm not kind of dug in like the typical fan. And uh, I, I love the fans. I love the passion and I love everything they bring to the table. But um, I always just kind of offer a different perspective, right? A different perspective. So without any further ado, um, let's get into the news and notes, man. The news and notes is usually our first segment. And uh, we'll just go over the notes that I took on the game. We'll go kind of the pregame stuff or whatever. But um, going into this game, the Hawks were, of course, without uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich yet again. And like I said, every pod, when they let me know or let the media know when Bogey will return, I will let you know. So they've been kind of tight lip about that. So um, I guess we just going to see Bogey when we see Bogey. You know what I mean? He was in street clothes again. So. Um, I tell you what, man, they could really use him right now, but you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it for the Hornets. The Hornets had a LaMelo out, had a Rozier out and Caleb Martin out. Those are three big guns for them. And, um, DeJounte Murray kind of hinted at the fact that sometimes when a team comes in without their dogs, you kind of not really take them for granted, but you know, kind of take them for granted. <laughs> I mean, and he didn't really say it in so many words. And if I have, I'll try to find the audio clip so you can hear it in how he said it. But um, after the game, Trey was like, nah, we didn't really take them dudes for granted. We knew what they were capable of. We knew Kelly Oubre could get shots and get buckets and those types of things. So I don't think they really take it, took them. Uh, I don't think they. it was a, an issue of them not taking them seriously. Could have been. Either way, it doesn't really matter because they didn't have the energy. They didn't come out with the, whatever it is they needed. They didn't. And um, that's what it was. So Hawks went with their usual starting lineup. And uh, I tell you what, man, um, Charlotte came out and uh, I thought this was going to be just like an easy 10 point win for the Hawks. But after the first quarter, it was like, okay, you're kind of rolling here. The Hawks were up 30 to 22. Uh, DJ got going a little bit in the first quarter. Trey had nine. DJ had eight. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, you know. Uh, unfortunately, Trey picked up like a second foul in that first quarter. Took a little bit of the steam out of that first quarter of how they were rolling. Uh, they finished up by eight, but they could have been up by like, I don't know, maybe. 12 or 13 after that first quarter. I thought that was big when Trey picked up that foul. Um, but, yeah, it kind of sucked the energy out and just kind of gave it kind of a funky feeling. But here's the thing. There's going to be nights like that. There's going to be nights where Trey, you know, gets early fouls and he's got to go in the game and go out of the game. And the bench is going to have to step up, you know. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the case tonight. So, I thought... Um, so when Trey picked up that second foul, he just kind of subbed DJ in there. But uh, when DJ got in there, it didn't 
that the the unit didn't run as smooth and you know from there it was just kind of like that second and third quarters it was just a bludgeoning like i going in from like the end of the first to like into the second i think the hornets went on like a 22 to 6 run um they hit a three just to start the quarter and you know they they they, they just get going you know and I, I put on my notes, I was like, man, this team has no quit in them. You know what I'm saying? Not that I thought that they did, but they could have easily looked at themselves and said, hey, man, we're down 10. You know, we don't got our dogs here. But um, you really have to credit Charlotte for that. You know, I, I wrote on my notes that the Hawks looked sloppy. They looked sloppy and they weren't getting any stops, any stops. Like in my notes, I put they didn't get enough stops. They were not getting any stops. And, I mean, they got blitzed in that second and third quarter. And, my God, man, it was not pretty. Like, and after the game, Nate was like, yo, we didn't play any effing defense. Like, he said that. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to play some of that audio in just a moment in the press conference. But Nate was like, we didn't play any effing defense. Any uh, giving up 37 points in the second quarter and then only going and then giving back. I'm sorry, giving up 37 points in the second quarter and then giving up 45 in the third quarter. You're not playing a lick of defense like you're not even trying to play defense. Charlotte is not a 45, a 45 points on you in the third quarter type team. They are not. You are just not playing defense. And you're not going to sell me that that's what that is, right? So, yeah, you got to credit Charlotte. But y'all jokers, y'all ain't play no defense. Because, yes, I know Kelly Oubre can over there and get buckets. And I get that. Like, yeah, we're we going to respect them. We're going to respect them. But to give up 45 points to the Hornets when they didn't have LaMelo or Rozier, or uh, or your other boy who's probably going to be in jail. Like, nah, man, we not finna do that. We not finna do that, man. Like, y'all should be embarrassed about that. Like, y'all should be embarrassed about that one quarter. Everybody who was out there had on a Hawks jersey should be embarrassed about that. Because that's pretty bad. Um, Going into halftime, you still thought that, like, man, is it possible that this game is, like, getting away from them? Like, it just had a real, it had a weird vibe to it. It had a weird vibe. And I will tell you this. At halftime, the Hornets were up by four, but it felt like they should have been up by more. It felt like they should have been up by more because they were just clicking on all, all you know, on all cylinders. They're shooting above 50% from the field. They're shooting 35% from three. They're getting loose balls. I mean, they're just, they're just, they're playing harder and they're playing more efficient. And they were just rolling and the Hawks weren't. They weren't. Um, At half, Trey and DeJounte were the only guys in double figures. And the Hawks' whole front line, I thought, struggled. I thought all of them struggled. DeAndre was a non-factor for the most part. There were a couple plays that he got in, but I didn't think he was very good tonight. I didn't think John Collins was very good tonight. Um, I thought he sat out there in the perimeter too much for my liking. Too much for my liking. I like John when he can hit that open three in the corner, and if that's there for him, he's got to take it. However, 
at the end of the half, he was 0 for 4, and all four of his shots were threes. All four of his shots were threes. That lets me know that he was settling. I don't got a problem with John taking nothing. I mean, I don't have a problem with John taking four threes, but you better match that with four shots in the paint or four mid-range jumpers. I don't. I don't want just four shots in, from three. I don't want that. That just tells me you're you're um, you're settling. DeAndre was just kind of a, a non-factor. I mean, he's and he's got a tough role to play because he knows Trey's got to eat, Dejounte's got to meet, John's got to eat. Uh, so you're kind of like fourth in the pecking order, but he still has to find a way to get his. He needs to find a way to get his. I thought Clint was just kind of okay. I didn't. I don't. <sighs> Clint gets a lot of he gets a lot of a lot of irie from Hawks fans, <laughs> and I mean for for what he is, I mean like I mean he he's serviceable, he's a good player, but um, he hasn't been what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say he hasn't been great, but let's just say there's room for improvement. All right, let's use the politically correct word. There, there's room for improvement. Um, it's tough because when you sub out Clint and you bring in Onyeka, Onyeka will give you that D. Onyeka will pause. Onyeka will give you that defense, and he will play like just tough. He will give you that toughness. However, you lose a little bit when it comes to the rebounding, and Clint is such a good rebounder. Like he's a good rebounder for like not just his team. Before this league, like he is a really good rebounder, he can clean that glass. But, um, you know, Onyeka brings some things that are kind of different, and so Nate is experimenting how to navigate using both of those guys. But going into the half, man, 59 55, going into that third quarter, and then, like I said, third quarter, they got blitzed. They got blitzed, and normally, third, third quarter is the quarter where Trey Young gets going. Uh, had trouble shooting the ball again tonight. Three of ten in that third quarter. Uh, couldn't get it going, and nobody else could get it going. Like as a group, as a team, like they wasn't they wasn't hitting that third quarter. Uh, Charlotte took five threes and they hit all of them. They shot sixty eight percent in that third quarter. Bruh, you not playing no defense. Like you not playing no defense. So, um, yeah, like it in the fourth quarter comes along and I think at one point the Hawks were down by 20 and just looking at my notes, I'm like, yo, are they going to make a run or can they make a run before Trey Young gets back in the game in the fourth quarter? You know, we know that Trey usually comes in the fourth quarter, maybe about the six and a half minute mark sometime around there, but it seemed like every time they would make a run or, or get five or six points, so would Charlotte. Charlotte would do something to stop the bleeding, and it was just like, man, like they're really just they can't get out of their own way almost, you know. So um, Trey comes in and uh, he, he tries to get them going. They they try to make a little bit of run, and, and it's just too little, too late. Um, Charlotte was just clicking on all cylinders. They were moving. They had more energy. They had more, whatever they had, whatever they needed, they had. But 
yeah, so the starters were, were out there. Mine is Clint. They started making a run. I think they got it down to like 13 with like six and a half minutes left. But um, by that time, it was academic. By that time, it was academic. But um, tough loss for the Hawks. And uh, I will say this, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and as a fan, I know that you guys take these losses hard. And I, I, I dipped my toe into the Twitter spaces. And uh, I know, like, after the Hawks games, the fans like to jump onto the spaces and kind of vent their frustrations. And I get it. Like, I get it. I really do. But I will just, I will just offer this as perspective. Um, we knew they weren't going to go 82-0. and uh, And nights, they're going to be like this. This team has several things that they have to work on, mainly their chemistry. They have to work on uh, getting in shape. This is the second second time in a row Coach Nader said, you know, these guys are still getting in basketball shape. And that's across the league. Is that an excuse? No. Is that just kind of a reality? Yes. So uh, they got to get in the shape and they got to do it quick, you know. They got to figure out um, what are they going to do offensively. Like they don't have much perimeter shooting. Like, they don't have much perimeter shooting at all, you know. I saw a lot of people lobbying for A.J. Griffin. A.J. Griffin needs more playing time. A.J. Griffin needs to be in there. He's a shooter, yada, yada, yada. And while I do understand those sentiments, I really do, I will say this. Nate's trying to win a ball game, right? Like, Nate's trying to win a ball game. And there is nobody on this team right now that I would take A.J. Griffin over. He's not better than Justin Holliday. He's not better than any of the Holiday brothers. Like, I, I wouldn't... I mean, I'd take him over, like, Tyrese Martin and the Vit Crutchy guy. Like, as far as wings, like, you really only have Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, and he's, like, the guy behind those guys. I wouldn't put him above either one of those Holiday boys. I think they're both better than him as a complete basketball player. Rookies typically are not good, and a lot of times we clamor for the rookie. We clamor for the rookie. Yeah, we want to see him out there. We want to see him out there, and I get it, and like playing him does have its advantages. However, that's not going to be like the reason they lost is not because (laughs) A.J. Griffin didn't get much playing time. That's not why they lost. They lost because them cats weren't playing no defense, you know, so I see and understand the fact that folks want to see a lot more of A.J. Griffin. But at the same time, he's at this point in his life, in his career, he's not better than the guys in front of him. He's not. And to put him above those guys or uh, to take their place in the rotation, I, I, don't, I don't really fault Nate for that. I really don't. I would like to see the kid more, but I'm, right now he's not ready, you know. Um, you're trying to win ball games, dog. You're trying to win ball games. You don't got time to, like, really, like, worry about him getting playing time right now. Like, he got in a little bit today, and he hit a couple buckets. You know, he was three or four, hit two threes, you know. He got a little something-something, and the Hawks do need that perimeter shooting. So, I think that that is something that they desperately need to look at, especially while Bogey is out. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, so let's just keep this in perspective. Like, yeah, we want the rug to get a little bit more burn. Yeah, that's cool. I get it. But he's not finna get burned over none of them Holiday brothers because they're better basketball players now. They're better basketball players. They know what's going on. But 
Should he get some more minutes? I think so. Will he? I'm not sure. We are going to take a quick break. I'm going to give my network uh, some time to throw in some commercials so we can get some bills paid. So uh, I'm just going to have a brief little pause here. If they throw them in, you'll have the commercials. If not, <laughs> just be a brief pause. It's your man, EW. Listen to the Hawksbeat Podcast. We'll be right back. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. All right, folks, that was quick, wasn't it? <laughs> be Podcast, it's your man, Edub, talking about a Hawks loss to the Charlotte Hornets, um, a Hornets team without LaMelo Ball and without Terry Rozier. Uh, managed to come into your house and uh, put the beat down, down, man. You, had to, you have to really credit Charlotte. Um, they really came in with the game plan. They came in and executed. They played hard. And they deserved a W. The Hawks didn't deserve to win tonight, man. They came out there. Just thought, I guess that was going to be easy. That was going to be handed to them. And uh, this is what happened. This is what happened. So uh, this segment, I want to play some sound from Nate McMillan and uh, Trey and DeJounte. Just to give you guys some perspective about what they said uh, after tonight's game. So we'll start with Nate McMillan. And uh, here's a little bit about what Nate had to say after tonight's game. Defensively, uh, we just could not get stops. Uh, you know, they ended up getting into a rhythm, and we just uh, was not able to get stops at the second or the third quarter. Um, and, you know, uh, when you're not making shots, uh, you, you can't drop your head. Uh, you have to get back and, and play defense. And I, I felt like uh, our lack of shot making uh, tonight, we uh, took that to the defensive end of the floor. We didn't play fucking defense. He said, we didn't play effing defense. You you should have seen my face when he said that. I looked up my girl Jamila and was like, yo, okay, we here. (laughs) So uh, he's absolutely right. Now, the, the, the part that he said about missing shots and it affecting them on defense, I totally believe that because he said that last year a couple of times, that when the shots aren't falling, guys kind of hang their head and it, it, it affects them on the defensive side of the ball. But you can't do that. You're a pro. You know what I mean? Like, you still got to get out there and play defense and get out there and 
uh, do what you got to do. You can't let everything be predicated on whether you're making shots or not. So um, that wasn't the first time I heard that from Nate. So, um, yeah. Next up, we got little uh, DeJounte Murray. He uh, he had a quick presser, man. Like his, his his whole thing was like two minutes. I could play the whole thing for you, but let me just grab a little clip for you here, a little bit about what DeJounte had to say after tonight's game. Well, I mean, I think they just came in here and uh, wanted the game more, uh, show more effort. They was ready to play. We wasn't ready to play. Starting myself, uh, that's really what we take from it. Uh, you know, first quarter, whatever. You got to play 48 minutes. You know, you're going to make missed shots, turn the ball over, whatever. Uh, you know, with the effort thing, you got to be here every single night. And, you know, like I said, uh, I take accountability. So starting with me uh, on down, we wasn't ready to play tonight. So he said they weren't ready to play tonight. I don't know how you take that. Like, I don't know. And I think the idea is to always want to blame somebody. Uh, do you blame the coach? Do you blame the players? Do you blame, you know, the other team for taking a soul? To be honest with you, I don't have an answer. But, I mean, that's that's a player saying that we weren't ready. Like, we as a team were not ready. Um, I think that there's got to be culpability on all sides of the nickel. I think that it is coaching. I think it is some of the players. And I think that they all got to hold that with an equal amount of weight. But him admitting that they weren't ready. And, uh, you know, the other team came in there and they wanted it more. You can't have that, bro. Like, you can't have that. Like, I understand you're you going to have it, but you can't have that. Not against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, here's a little bit more from DeJounte Murray. You said, you know, sometimes when, when you see you guys miss those shots, you guys are hanging your head a little bit. Did you feel that too, especially in that second and third quarter when you guys missed a lot of those perimeter shots, kind of hang your head and, and it kind of trickled back to the defensive side? I want to say that. Uh, I mean... You know, for me as an individual, I'll be down on myself just, you know, from the effort of playing defense and, you know, taking care of the basketball. So, and uh, I feel like even with my teammates, it was just, they was going on runs, they was scoring, getting to the free throw line, getting to the free throw line. And I'll pretty much say it was that more than uh, missing shots. So, DJ was like, look, man, we went, we went down that we was missing shots. We was down that we was getting our butts kicked. <laughs> like, in essence, you know, they're going to the line. They're making shots. They had it rolling. I think that's what was kind of frustrating. So, I, I see both sides of the nickel. I see, you know, his perspective, and I see Coach Nate's perspective. And I think, actually, both of them uh, can be true. I think both of them can be true. I think that they were hanging their heads because they weren't making shots, and they were absolutely hanging their heads because they was getting their butt kicked on the defensive end of the ball. So um, that's just is what it is. So last I want to play for you guys is we got some sound from Trey Young. Uh, Trey Young spoke to the media after the game. Here's a little bit about what he had to say after tonight's game. Um, I mean, I think just ended that first quarter, they kind of got – into a rhythm, uh, into a groove, uh, but and then they just got hot. Uh, we started out the game pretty good. We, I think it was 22 to nine at one point to start the game, and it was really good. But then they just got hot, and uh, I just felt like they just couldn't stop. Was it a lack of effort on the defensive side, or being tired, or was it something that they specifically were doing? Do you think? Uh, no, I mean you gotta give credit to them, and they made shots and, and made plays. I mean. They still got NBA players over there. We got to respect it, and um, but we—I mean—we could have controlled some more things, and we got to—we got to be better on offense. And um, but yeah, we—they—they they got going in those two quarters. So I'm not gonna be like negative Nancy or like picky Peter or whatever, but Trey said 
we got to be better on offense. <laughs> and I understand, yes, you do got to be better on offense. But y'all ain't going to win these games outgunning folks. Like, you're going to win these games getting stops. Like, if you look at the championship teams over the last few years, if you look at the teams that have made deep runs into the playoffs, it was the teams that played some defense, some teams that was going to put them hands on you. And if this team wants to go where they say they want to go, they are going to eventually going to have to learn how to stop somebody. And uh, this was not a good sample size against a Charlotte team without LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier. This was a team you should have put them clamps on. You were favored by 10 points. Favored by 10 points. Now, this isn't me saying, you know, you know, fire cell, you know, sell, you know, fire Nate, nothing like that. But this was this wasn't really a good loss to me. It's not, it's not a good loss to me. Like, you know, that's just kind of how I see it. Um Let's read a little bit of fan feedback. Let's get a little fan feedback. I didn't have much fan feedback, and that's typically how it goes when uh, the Hogs lose. And it's cool. Folks be folks be needing to, to, to have some moments to just kind of blow off some steam so they don't feel like talking, which is cool. But I did have a few folks uh, chime in. Uh, Thrashinator on Twitter said, I think it was just one of those games. It's only game three, and everyone was missing shots. No need to panic. Get some rest, shake it off, and get ready for the road. Okay, there goes a little perspective there. A little perspective. Uh, 365 Rashad said, this team has no identity, and Trey still hasn't learned to shoot the ball in rhythm and not force it. Okay, appreciate your opinion. Uh, brother Rashad. Uh, last but not least, my guy DJ Yogi said, I want to wait 20 games, but they need to change a few things up. They need to insert more shooting and deal with the inexperience of AJ. Maybe Schlink did that on purpose to force Nate to play his young guys by surrounding them with non-shooters. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that they looked at last year's squad and saw that they already had a top 10 offense. Your offense was top 10. I think they were even like maybe eighth overall. Like you have a top 10 offense. And so they made moves with concessions that, look, we can't get better offensively and defensively at the same time. So we're going to have to get some guys that have a defensive acumen. And that's why you bring in the Holiday Brothers. You know, that's why, you know, at the time you go out to Mo Harkless and all those other things. Because they were trying to get better defensively with the hope that if you can sustain your offensive output. And what I mean by that is if you can stay within that top 10 or maybe even just fall to maybe like 12 and bring your defense up. Because last year they were bottom of the league defensively. If you can bring your defensive rating up to a respectable a respectable number or placing and you still have a top 15 offense, top 12 offense, then you're more balanced and you're better off. And that's just kind of how I see like the roster construction. So that's kind of how I see it. But uh, yeah, it wasn't a good loss tonight. But I mean, you still got... 79 more games left (laughs) like you literally have 79 games left so don't be too discouraged uh where do the hawks go from here from here they go to detroit 
they play the Pistons on Wednesday and Friday, uh, kind of like a, a home at home type thing. I don't know what they call them, double headers or whatever, but they go to Detroit for two games. From Detroit, they will be in Milwaukee on Saturday. So that will actually be their first back-to-back of the season as they go from Detroit to Milwaukee on Friday and Saturday. And then you will go to the Toronto, the Toronto, <laughs> Toronto Raptors on that Monday. And then you will finish off the homestand on November the 2nd on a Wednesday at the Garden, at the Garden, taking on the New York Knicks. So that is the ins and outs of today's game, man. So, you know, it's just one game, you know, keep your head up. You still got, like I said, 79 more of these things. And uh, just make sure you check out the Hawks beat. Make sure you stick with us. We're going to be here all season long. Getting you through the wins. Getting you through the losses. Because that's how we get down when they get down. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your retweets and reshares of the pod. Thank you for stopping what you're doing and giving us five stars. Yeah, y'all thought I forgot. I didn't forget. Go ahead and give us five stars before you let this thing run out. But uh, like we always say, man, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. So if you don't know him, you need to find him. Show him some love because that is all he is showing you. L-O-B-E love. We out. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.